Hello and welcome to the Story X Story podcast, where we discuss a variety of stories across pop culture, plus give you advice on creating your own. It's episode number nine on Sunday, the 6th of October. I'm your host and my Maya co-founder, Nigel. Hi, I'm Tazzy. I am a streamer, the host of Gamepad and your co-host for today's podcast. Hello, I'm Gina. I'm the show's producer and I also do freelance artwork and social media. And we have a guest with us today, artist extraordinaire, J. King, the artist. Hello. Shall I go? Yeah, how's it going? Yes, what's happening, bro? What you saying? Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> what's going on? Welcome. Um, thank you. Thank you for having me, bro. Yeah, no problem. So we've been, um, yeah, we've known each other for a few years now. Four years um, now. Well, where did we think... meet at Comic-Con? Yeah, it was... Yeah, London Film and Comic Con. Yeah, because we wanted the next table over. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we've done work with J King for like different projects, workshops, stuff like that. Um, and yeah, we're going to get to talking about our film for today, The Matrix. We're going way back, way back in time, a whole 20 years. So, we're going to get to that in a second. But first, we're going to talk about what's happening in the Mayamada universe. So the first thing I have to shout out is, one, we have new podcast artwork. So you might have seen some stuff on social media. Um, you'll definitely see it going forward, but we've got a new logo that was designed by Ali Graphics, which um, we're going to actually, we're going to put the links in the show notes. But um, Alicia did the, the new podcast logo, which we're going to shout out everywhere. And we've also got new music. Um, done by Fisayo Kovunwi, who is the actually the sister of uh, Lao uh, Kovunwi, who you might have seen um, previously in My Matter. So we've got new podcast artwork and new music. We're now, I feel like we're officially a podcast. I don't know if anyone else feels like that. but Yeah, definitely. I'm loving the new <laughs> logo. It's great. <laughs> cool. Yeah, well, now we've arrived somehow. Um, so yeah, just we'll put those links if you're interested in music and or uh, graphic work. You can check them two out. Uh, other game, well, yeah, other stuff in the My Matter universe is so we just had our, I guess our last flagship gamepad of the year. In wait, what month are we in now? October. October. Last month. October. So I always need to remember where. Where and when <laughs> I am, yeah, but um, yeah. So have we talked about that? We haven't talked about that since on the podcast. No. We haven't. Okay. So how did you think it went? I think it went really well. We had such a nice space. Um, everything apart from the fact that I lost my voice by the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, the um, mics were really too cool. great. But yeah, so we did have our uh, last game pad. It was at Lambeth Town Hall, and uh, by all accounts, it was really good. I was there, but I was kind of like. Uh, it always gets to the point when the event starts, I'm just tired, so I just want to find somewhere in a corner uh, <laughs> and just rest for a bit. Well, but all then... my friends said it was their favourite one yet, so that's a good sign. Aww. Okay, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we're, we've got plans for, obviously, more gamepad events into 2020. Uh, we're going to be doing some like mini gamepad stuff. Uh, this month and potentially December but if you check out our social media we'll be like uh, letting people know about that and then for the next flagship gamepad 
will be in January. So you can check out gamepad.events uh, for that. Other event news. This is like October is the beginning of just a mess of events. So we've mentioned before, we have a live podcast. We're going to end this first season of Story X Story with uh, a live podcast recording and book signing at Orbital Comics. So we still haven't got the event page up yet. So it's still not officially announced. But as podcast listeners, you are getting the first bit of information. So what's going to happen? We are going to be at Orbital on Saturday the 7th. Is it the 7th? Yeah, it's the 7th of December. And it's going to be like a two-part thing. So first part, we're going to bring the new Hot Lunch uh, volume, uh, volume one story. And we're going to be talking about the process behind that with Lau, uh, with editor Lara Lee. And then the second half is going to be a live Story X Story podcast recording where we're going to be talking about some of our favorite stories over the year. So it's going to be free. So once those, like, uh, once the event page does go up, you can just get your tickets and reserve for that. And then before that, I've got, so I looked at my calendar the other day. And um, so after, this is the last free weekend I have in a while. So I'm going to the Lakes Comic Art Festival next weekend, which is near the Lake Districts. Um, after that, I'm going to be doing a talk at EGX. And then after that, I'm going to the London Comic Con uh, with Tazzy, actually. Yeah. So we've got. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, I think. Um, so we've got two tables: one in the South Hall, one in the North Hall, um, in the Comic Village and in the regular deal- dealer area. So we're going to have, as usual, our comics, um, but we're also going to have some sort of new merchandise kind of new it's a hot lunch uh, design we did it a while ago we just haven't done it for uh while so it's going to be new to a lot of people but we're also going to be doing it as a t-shirt and a jumper so i think it counts as new but we're still working on new stuff in the background so yeah you can follow us on social media uh, and find out when all our convention appearances will be happening Um, and that's all the news so far Right, so we are going to now talk about some of the stories that everyone has been reading, watching or playing. This will be a spoiler-free discussion. Um, But Jay King, do you want to start with what you have been watching? I have been... I've been watching Top Boy. Well, I've just finished watching Top Boy. And um, it was a really good show, I must say. Have you got checked it out? No, <laughs> I have, I actually haven't. So I've seen it pop on, pop up on Netflix, which yeah. uh, is is the first step uh, to watching anything, and it's on my list. So I'm going to get to it. I mean, I watched a fraction of it. Um, one of someone in my house was watching it, and it happened to be in the scene that I'm in. So I was like, Oh, look, oh, I'm in the scene. Look at that, <laughs> superstar. um but other than that no I think it's like I've I've watched um like little bits of the first season and like that was good it's just not the sort of thing that I enjoy watching so how did you find yourself in it was it just the walk-on you just stopped Um, you were just yeah so I do tv and and movie extras um and so it's just one of the jobs that came up 
Mm. I didn't even know it was Top Boy until I got there. So. Wait, they don't tell you? Um, most of the time they don't. No. They like oh. encrypt it. They're like, we're shooting a series about blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Is that so people <laughs> don't Netflix. like, you know, just shout it out and spoil no. it? And then, so you get like your brief and like what you need to wear or if they're going to costume you or whatever, yeah. what time you need to turn up. Um, and then you just show up. And then by then you kind of either figure out what it is or it's not until the end or until you get paid <laughs> that you know what it is and it will come up on your sheet uh, or your payment saying what it is. No, it's really fun. I love trying to decrypt um, job descriptions. It's great. <laughs> uh, Gina, what about you? I saw Joker, the new Joker movie, on Friday, which is the day it came out. So the cinema was, like, heaving. It was, like, the biggest screen in the whole cinema. It was completely packed out. And mm-hmm. I I enjoyed it because, like, Batman's my favourite. Like, obviously, when we've done Marvel podcasts in the past, I've been, like, silent the whole time because I'm not that into Marvel. But I love Batman. So I was like, got to see Joker. Joker's not my favourite like villain or anything by a long shot but i was like gotta see it and i did enjoy it i it was really edgy and it was quite violent and i'm really not into that sort of stuff but i was like you know just kept being like it's, it's batman you got to see it you got to see it and i did you enjoy it. it i thought yeah i did honestly like before i went in because i really don't like guns and i was, I was like i'm actually gonna walk out like halfway through if it gets too much but i was like no you've paid for it like just stick it out and I did really enjoy it. I thought it was like the acting was so good and like the whole story. I just felt sad the whole time, which was to be expected with if you're doing a backstory for the Joker, he's obviously like completely insane. So, you know, you've got to expect some like tragic backstory for him. But it really works, I thought. It was really good. Yeah. That's awesome. I also saw Joker. So I, I saw it yesterday. Also, so we're going to be doing a whole podcast episode on this. So uh, I guess, yeah, we won't get into it too much. But I will say I kind of have to hold my hands up a little bit because I so when I first heard about it, I didn't have any sort of reaction. One, because it's uh, DC and just the quality of DC films. Sorry, is just is just not. Yeah, great. that's just. Yeah, yeah. Let's just put that on the table. <laughs> Um, so that I was like, okay, fair enough, it's happening. And then it's a Joker film without Batman. And for me, those two are just intrinsically linked together. They work together. So I was I was getting ready to go to the cinema to just I don't know, I guess nitpick to be that guy yeah. and, and say this is why you should have done this because you should have had Batman and blah blah blah. Um but you know, part way through I sort of had an internal dialogue with myself where I basically told myself to shut up because this is a really good film. <laughs> so I was just like, leave it. And I, I was very impressed. I think, I, I almost think that DC should stop trying to copy Marvel in terms of the shared universe MCU uh, light stuff they've been doing and maybe just focus on making films like this. And when I say films like this, I don't necessarily mean like dark and like, you know, descent into madness that was the Joker. But even if you look at the Dark Knight trilogy, that was sort of its own 
standalone piece and mm. not just a fantastic comic book movie, but just a fantastic uh, story in and of its um, itself. So yeah, those are my thoughts on on the Joker. Yeah, I'm going to be honest, like, I wasn't actually going to bother seeing it, but then you said we're doing a podcast episode on it, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to see it at some yep. point now. <laughs> so, I was like, okay, fine, I'll go, like, I had friends who wanted to see it, I was like, I'll just suck it up and go, and it it was genuinely, like, it was very good. As a standalone, like you said, if they start trying to do sequels or something like that, I don't think it's going to work. Mm. I've seen people tweet, like, please don't make another Joker movie, this is it like it is so good by itself just leave it in its yeah. own yeah space and let it be I agree with that. let it exist as its own thing i'm gonna save watching the joker till nearer the time of the podcast so i actually remember stuff that's fair <laughs> one of the things i did think about joker was that just i'd never want to live in somewhere like gotham it is crazy <laughs> oh my god that is not somewhere you want to ever be <laughs> takes me i take so- it you've never been to new york no, I have not. <laughs> That's pretty much what, what is it I that said. bad? Yeah, I've just like angered New Yorkers. It's not. I'm sure it's not that bad. But that is kind of what Gotham City is based on. Some fictional, yeah. fictional version of uh, of New York City. Isn't it based on a certain part? Like not actual New York City. It's based off like um like one of the different bits. <laughs> like the boroughs. Yeah. Um, yeah, I should know. I thought it's it was, it's based off like an actual, like, place that isn't, act, like, isn't the main of New York City. Yeah, I feel I like you're right. I can't remember where. Yeah. No, me neither. I don't know. <laughs> well, anyway, I won't be going to New York then in that case. I didn't no, find New, New York's nice, that. I will say. <laughs> New, I've, yeah, I've been to New York. It's a lovely, lovely place. I thought it was like a really tame London. <laughs> this is like the anti-New York. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad thing, being a tame London. I just like, everyone made it out to be like this amazing city. And I was like, it's a nice city, but it's London. just a city. Like, You guys really aren't selling it to me. No. <laughs> if you like cities, New York's great. If you're not a city person, don't go to New York. That is pretty much sums it up. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's a very city city, like Yeah, okay. Just city. <laughs> I mean the park's really nice. I suppose that is pretty famous. Yeah. Um I think we should get back on track. So. Yeah, oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> um so I've just started watching uh, Avatar The Last Airbender again because it's just been added to Netflix. Um and obviously I watched this, I originally watched it when I was, I don't know, like 14 or something. Um, and wow, I have a very different perspective of watching it now. Because obviously I was a teenager when I was watching it and it's based off like, what, Ang's 12? Well, a hundred years, a hundred and twelve, but he was frozen, so he was—he's twelve. <laughs> it doesn't count. Um, so, and like, so the characters are like between like twelve and I don't know how old the oldest of like the young ones are, but they're teenagers. 
and they're so childish <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know I've like watched some bits of Naruto and like gone back and watched that and the characters don't see I mean they're pretty childish but that's more their characteristic than their like their age if that makes sense like even Naruto older is still childish um because that's part of his who he is but in Avatar it's like they're all just so childish like (laughs) and I'm like wow did I really find this entertaining as a kid because a lot of the stuff if I go back and watch it I'm like wow I watched this as a kid (laughs) and it's got to be the only one that was like genuinely really I don't know sort of age appropriate without any weird innuendos in there or I've never actually seen it but I hear people like praising it all the time but now I'm wondering if they've bothered to re-watch it then now that it, they're older it is still good so. like the idea of like Avatar Aang's journey is really good um, but I think I find him as a character I mean it's just a it's because he's young, like it's well written. He does just act like a kid. <laughs> um, and like his journey is still like a really good story. But I would probably just, I, I think, the thing is as well, I've watched, um, oh, what's the next one? Katara? No, that's a different anime, isn't it? Damn oh, it. I know what you're talking about. I- the next um, Avatar. Yeah. Is The Legend of Korra. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's so good. Like, so good that it makes um, The Last Airbender look. Uh. Wow. So, Do I don't know. Yeah, I am enjoying it. It's a nice, like, little put in the background. I've watched it all before. There's nothing I'm missing. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's just really interesting watching it. And... My favorite favorite character is uh, Zuko's uncle <laughs> because he's just this hilarious old man <laughs> who just doesn't care. He's supposed to be like some legendary warrior, but he's part of the Fire Nation, so everyone hates him as well. <laughs> but he's like such a nice guy, <laughs> and he's just so laid back kind of like mm-hmm. those characters who get to an age where they just stop caring and it's just like whatever comes out yeah and there's this one scene he's just like taking a bath in a in a spring that he's made into a hot spring using his firebending skills and he's just chilling and his nephew Zuko is just like we're leaving come on <laughs> and he's just like come and take a bath join me <laughs> like should have he's like I need to find the avatar <laughs> like my dad's not basically his dad's not going to accept him until he he like finds and captures the avatar and he's like we need to go and he's such an angry like teenager <laughs> and this like uncle's just like let's just relax and he's just <laughs> like oh, I love him so much I mean them two were my favorite when I watched it originally um but now just even better they aged like a nice wine. 
I always like wonder if I watch things when I'm older, like will my favorite character change? And a lot of the time it does. But then, I, like you'll find certain characters you're like, no, I still love them, and yeah. I can see why. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, Nigel, what about you? Other than the Joker, what have you been catch up, catching up on? Yeah. So other than the the madness of of the Joker, I've been reading. So I've been reading Paper Girls because volume six came out recently so i got that through and i thought okay before i start on number six i will run through one to five so i've been rereading uh, this series by brian k vaughan who also wrote another of my favorite comics saga which if you haven't read i highly recommend everyone go and read that saga yeah <laughs> um but for for paper girls it's kind of it's, it feels like Stranger Things before Stranger Things because it mm. came out first. So it's this story about these four uh, delivery girls in 1988, if I remember. Yeah, 1988. And they're out delivering papers on Halloween. And then they get caught up in this this massive conflict between different uh, factions of time travelers so they basically without giving too much away because it's like the first you know few pages of volume one but they travel across times and they're just trying to figure out what is going on so yeah it's that kind of adventure but what i really like about it a little bit like stranger things you've got the it's the dynamics between the four so the i'd say the main protagonist uh or at least who you start out see most of is a girl called Erin who is a new paper girl so she's kind of joined this group of established paper girls and they've all got their different personalities and they're all like really well fleshed out um, but what is good is about the the friendship between them as they're traveling through time and discovering things about themselves uh, about the future about the past uh, and yeah just trying to I guess, yeah, survive and, and get back. But I'm currently, what am I on? Volume four. So I'm working my way through before I, I read uh, volume six. But yeah, I highly, highly recommend it. I'll just check that out. I really do enjoy Saga. I actually need to finish Saga, but... Yeah, they want a break from Saga. So you've got time to catch up before they start again. I'm not sure when they're starting. But yeah, if you like uh, Brian K. Vaughan's writing, then you'll like this nice cool yeah that's all i've been like consuming uh so far i need to get back into some games as well but maybe for a future episode uh so yeah right so we're gonna get into our main discussion which is the matrix matrix yes so written and directed by the wachowski sisters uh the matrix is so actually before we start i just need to make everyone aware so the reason we are doing this uh, and i'll be interested well always interested to hear everyone's uh, opinions but more so for gina because gina had not seen the matrix <laughs> why are you calling out. me out like i'm, I'm <laughs> calling I'm, I'm calling you out i'm doing this live on <laughs> recorded media um because i think it's important well one because i don't know how you managed to uh, no, I, get, I get through 1999 without seeing the Matrix. But I two, I think it's, it's important because just to see your perspective as someone 
who's coming to this new. So I'm really interested to hear uh, what you say. So before we continue, I will give a... Do I really need to give a spoiler alert for the Matrix? I mean, Gina hadn't seen it, so... Perfect. That's so, true. Okay, I'm, I guess spoiler alert for the Matrix. If you haven't, <laughs> if, yeah, if you haven't seen it, where have you been? I don't know. Yep. Um, uh, also a philosophical alert, because as I was doing the prep for this, uh, it got deep real quick. And yeah, I just learned some stuff um, about philosophy and it made me think uh, in ways that the original film because I was quite young, didn't make me think in at the time. So yeah, if you are into your philosophy, you are going to love this. Or you'll just be annoyed at hearing someone who didn't study philosophy talk about it. Either way. So I'm going to do a recap. But before we do that, um, let me just get everyone's opinion. So King, what did you, what did you think? Had you, uh, did you rewatch it? Or I are you rewatched it yesterday and this morning. Okay. Um, so what did you think then? What do you think now? Is it different? When I first watched Matrix, I absolutely loved it. I don't know how old I was in 99. I was like 11 or something. But I remember yeah. I remember watching it. I remember doing Matrix in the playground. Like, <laughs> that is so cute. You know, yeah. Like when someone throws something at you and you're like, well, let me Matrix this. So I'm just there yeah. like, bending my back. <laughs> that was a real moment like that. Um, so I remember that and I remember like the, the slow motion which they eventually called bullet time and like Max Payne as you put as you, yeah. as you like put um, but yeah I absolutely loved it when I first saw it um, watching it again yesterday obviously like the the special effects they're, they're, they're still they're dope um, they aged quite well it would be interesting to see how it would look if it was made today. Um, but I think some of the acting is absolutely terrible. Like, oh, interesting. Neo. <laughs> um, what's his name? I knew you were going to say that. What's the, Keanu, what's the, um, Reeves. Keanu Reeves is a, he's yeah. a really bad actor. <laughs> like, I guess because he feels more like an agent. He's so stiff. And he has this yeah. thing where he kind of just like starts talking to himself and he just kind of murmurs and trails off with his trailer thought. But other than that... That's kind of trademark Keanu Reeves. I, I he gets that a lot. Really, he wasn't really doing it for me. Okay. Um, but everything else, I love it. I love the film. I do love the film. Okay. Um, and right. I kind of... Watching it again now, like, I was able to really grasp the actual concept of it and, yeah. and the story. Mm. And, um, and that was really interesting. Like, hey, how did I'm kind you of feel? falling in love with Tap for that same reason. Yeah, I love it. I love, I love like um, when AI takes over the world and you got to fight the machines. I love it. <laughs> I love. It. Okay, Gina, how did you how did you feel? What, I guess because you came into it with maybe more expectations than having seen it. So, did it match up to what you had heard? Uh, to be honest, I think I'm biased because it's not really the type of film I'd usually watch. That's probably why I never saw it. And also, I think I was only like eight or something when it came out. Um, but it, it was still good. Like, at first, I was like, wow, these effects are still really good. And then, like, it kind of went on. I was like, mm, they're not actually that good. Like, when, when his, like, face started changing, I was like, oh, it's gone a bit downhill. But, 
like it was it was good like the story was really interesting especially for something like what you know 20 years ago when ai wasn't really that big of a thing i thought it was a really cool concept for something back then obviously now that sort of stuff's really oversaturated so it was nice to see them do something kind of before it's time i guess so i thought that was interesting yeah i guess for you it's it's kind of like seeing something that was at a time groundbreaking and since has been done and and built upon but it's like yeah so you're kind of comparing it yeah. to today it just it made me laugh though that they kept being like we're like a hundred years in the future and they had all these like futuristic setups but then all their phones were like cord cord <laughs> phones and like <laughs> giant brick noggers and stuff and I was like oh, this is the future <laughs> okay how about you Tazzy um so I don't know when I first saw it it uh, definitely wasn't when it first came out. It would have been like a couple years later or something when I was a little bit older. Um, and I remember understanding the basic concept of this film um, and re-watching it. I understand so much more. <laughs> okay. um, and I'm going to touch on what Gina said as well about the uh, the technology. And obviously... <laughs> We're watching it now, but it made me think of something like um, like Star Trek and the technology they would like showed back then and how not too far off some of it is to now. Um, and obviously, like some of it's way, way futuristic, but like they just had the most like brick technology <laughs> yeah. in the Matrix. But like, was I was it? looking at the monitors. Matrix actually set in 99 though. Yeah. Yeah, remember, he was like, you think it's 1999, but it's actually... Yeah. Remember? It's 100 yeah. years later. It's, yeah, 2199, was but, it? Or 2099. So, every, like, all their... I'm not talking about while they're, you know, in the... Mate, I'm talking about when they're in the real world. <laughs> they oh. have, like, these computer... Like, their screens. I'm like, what? They didn't have, like, proper oh. monitors. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, did no one use their imagination making this film? Some big facts <laughs> to the back of the, the screen. Yeah. Because they didn't look wanted... like anything that that sort of, you, I don't know, it's hard. It's really hard to think about it because you have to try and put yourself in, like, when it was made, yeah. like, the shoes of when it was made without, like, thinking about what we have now. Yeah. Mm. And you're like, but could they ever? You know, did you really think that you'd be using this kind of technology? Yeah, in the yeah. it's that kind of hindsight. That issue yeah, like. it's not even kind of like, oh, you know, that that was an interesting idea of what they could use in the future. I mean, we now know that's nothing what it's like, which I feel like you can get that with some films. They're like, you, yeah, they have something that isn't how it's gonna look yeah. or looks, yeah. but. You know, they had some imagination there. Yeah. <laughs> and it looks cool. And you think, oh, okay. Would have been interested if we'd gone down that route. Um, but other than that, like, I mean, it's a minor detail. <laughs> but it was yeah. funny. It's the one thing I remember yeah. thinking while I was watching. Um, but yeah, I just think, I think it's more relevant now uh, than it was. Um, and also my... I used to think the film was about Neo, um, and then rewatching it, I was like, "It's called The Matrix because the story is about 
the matrix <laughs> like everything about the story is about um the matrix as a thing rather than the characters living in the matrix if that makes sense like you could have any characters it wouldn't matter it's about yeah. the matrix it's more of a, <laughs> like a commentary on like yeah the, the system that they have or that they're all you know stuck in yeah okay because um, there, there's one line um and I was thinking about it and my mum pointed it out as well um, by uh, the agent that interviews him. Agent uh, Smith. Interviewing um, Morpheus. Morpheus. And he says about he wants to get out. Yeah, but where does he want to go? Well, he's just as locked up in it as everyone else, is, like as the humans are. It, that's how I thought. I was like, wait, he's an AI. Yeah. Uh, or it's okay. an AI. Yeah. Um, and it feels just as encaged as the humans do, yeah. uh, but kind of from a different mm. side. Well, it was more okay. meant to be so... an AI. No, no, no. no okay, no, I was like, did I really yeah, no. miss <laughs> yeah, something so, there? I didn't understand this <laughs> film at all. I just wanted to know, like, why did they keep going back into the Matrix, though? Like, if there's. If there's agents that are trying to kill you, just stay in your sh- ship. Do you know what I mean? All the trouble came when they went into the when they went back into the matrix. Neo almost died. Morpheus almost died. Yeah, but aren't they okay. trying to right, like so defeat? We're gonna the before we get into a deep conversation because <laughs> we're gonna get into a deep conversation. <laughs> let me just recap the story for the maybe one percent of people who um, don't know yet what the matrix is. One in four uh, people so- have. Watch the Matrix. Is that a true stat? <laughs> That's what I've done <laughs> this conversation. Yeah, yeah. That is true. <laughs> we just take it that sample. Uh, all right. So the Matrix um, we have. So Trinity is cornered by police in an abandoned hotel, but quickly overpowers them and flees the scene, pursued by mysterious suited agents. She answers a ringing public telephone and vanishes. Meanwhile, hacker Thomas Anderson, known by his alias Neo is contacted by Trinity, who tells him a man named Morpheus has the answers he seeks, the answers to the question, what is the Matrix? But agents, led by Agent Smith, later apprehend Neo at his job and attempt to force him to help capture the so-called terrorist Morpheus. Neo later meets Morpheus, who offers him the choice between two pills, the red one to show him the truth about the Matrix, or the blue one to return him to his former life, Neo swallows the red pill and eventually awakens in a liquid-filled pod. He is later brought onto Morpheus's ship, the Nebuchadnezzar. Morpheus tells Neo that humans are fighting a war against intelligent machines who were created in the 21st century and have since taken control of the Earth. The machines are harvesting humans while keeping them pacified in the Matrix, a shared simulated reality. Morpheus believes Neo is the one, Someone prophesies to end the war between humans and machines. After Neo's training, the group enters the Matrix to visit the Oracle, but the Oracle implies that Neo is not the one. But she warns he must soon choose between his own life and that of Morpheus. The group is then ambushed by agents, tipped off by Cypher, who has betrayed Morpheus in exchange for a comfortable life in the Matrix. Morpheus allows himself to be captured so Neo can escape, and Tank eventually kills Cypher. 
Neo decides to go back into the Matrix to save Morpheus and during the rescue gains confidence in his abilities to free and freeze Morpheus. Trinity and Morpheus eventually exit the Matrix, but Agent, Agent Smith ends up killing Neo. Back on the ship, Trinity whispers to Neo that she loves him, kissing Neo and reviving him with newfound powers to perceive and control the Matrix. Neo effortlessly defeats Agent Smith, leaving the Matrix just in time for Sentinels to be disabled. Neo later makes telephone call inside the Matrix, promising the machines, promising to show the machines a world where anything is possible. He hangs up and flies into the sky. The end. So, uh, like you said, it's been 20 years since its, an orig its original release. And it's just interesting to, I guess, hear people's first take on the film and how they feel about it now. I know for me, I, so I also, I don't think I watched it in the cinema at the time, um, but I do remember getting it on DVD. And I think that was like one of the first DVDs I had, because we were sort of in that time, sort of transitioning between standard definition TV and HD TV. And DVD was like leading that charge. So I remember getting this um, on DVD and just being like really impressed with the film at the time but i think like you Taz, you sort of seeing it now and maybe getting a lot of the the concepts um a bit more especially because i was in school at the time um so completely different place now and yeah just kind of understand understanding and really getting a sense of as i was putting these notes together getting a sense of oh we we're in the matrix aren't we we're like actually in the matrix what do you guys think well like we are actually in the matrix we like we me you everyone talking right now are we so in the matrix that you, you you chose the wrong you chose the pill and you just can't remember <laughs> i wasn't i wasn't given a choice i no one's given me any pills but remember so. <laughs> that when you, when you take the pill that you don't remember that you've taken it yeah but before you've Ooh. taken the pill you also have no concept of that you have a choice yeah, I, I feel like maybe we're my mind again. <laughs> yeah, I know we're all born like in the Matrix. We're being harvested right now, maybe. I feel like I made a choice and decided not to. I feel like there are lots of versions of the Matrix conceptually in the world. Um, yeah. And I feel like all of us on this podcast have, for at least one of those matrix, chosen the red pill um, yeah. because we've all taken creative or non-conventional career paths. Okay. And in a lot of ways, I feel like that is literally the same as taking the red pill in the matrix because it's just a whole different mindset and it's just a different understanding of everything um but not like necessarily i feel like the matrix in the matrix is good or a bad thing um but in our lives not a good or a bad thing just a different thing um yeah like a lot of people are going around doing things the conventional way i guess um and it's very against the grain to you know be an entrepreneur be your own boss do something really creative with high risk and yeah. 
you don't know how it is. So, and there's so many things you don't know, and it is about creating your own path and, you know, <laughs> kind of using um, a lot of the concepts of, you know, you choose what what is which is yeah. kind of the message the matrix is and i think yeah there's a lot of that idea of uh, of choice because even when neo was in in the matrix um in his job and i think he was late so he gets called into his boss's office and his boss basically gives him he says you have a choice either you can choose to turn up at work on time or you can choose to find another job uh, and then you've got that scene where I think it's one of the first scenes where Neo and Morpheus meet face to face and Morpheus asks him about the idea of um, like free will and destiny. Mm-hmm. And I think Neo was saying like he doesn't believe in, in fate, does it? He said, yeah, fate. He doesn't believe in fate because he doesn't like the idea of not being able, you know, not being in control of like of his destiny. Mm-hmm. So I think Neo is that kind of, I guess, because he starts off in that conventional job in that conventional existence but he's someone who was looking for uh morpheus really when and that's how they kind of find him because he's looking for like you know what is the matrix and he has that he's that guy who is in that conventional job but doesn't want to be and he's just like itching to get out that's why he turns up to work late mm-hmm. and stuff so i kind of like i got that interpretation i think especially like you say now given that we're all in these non-conventional um kind of paths you do feel like separate in it in a sense the people who are in that i guess that nine to five uh matrix if you will like yeah <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah. that got real deep yeah real I, quick. I, 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 this is this is just the beginning this really made me think so i'll give you another uh thing that that made me think was um so i didn't really pick up on this at the time, at the time, like first watching it, but because um, when Neo's like out of the Matrix and they're going through that training and he's fighting Morpheus and Morpheus is telling him things like, Stop trying to hit me and hit me. Exactly. Yeah, that, that exact line is what I was getting at, where you kind of like you know something, yeah. but it's a difference between knowing it and like believing you can do it. And I, I, like, I feel that so much since sort of because I worked like nine to five for a number of years and then left. Mm. And in like in entrepreneurship, you have this idea where a lot of it is like what you believe, like you have to believe, like if you want to do something, if you want to, whether it's a project mm. or you want to work with something, you, you want to make something happen. Like a lot of it is just, you have to believe and you can read books, you can, you know, watch YouTube videos, you can go to uh, seminars or whatever, and you can get the information and you can know like I get it all the time. Like people will tell me, "Oh, you should do this," or you know, "You should just do that." Like I know, but then you have to believe you can do it. And that yeah. when um, when Neo makes the like tries to make the jump and fails, it's like because he doesn't believe he can get to the other side. So I felt that was a a theme that I missed first time around. I definitely mm-hmm. get it now. Mm-hmm. And I'm I guess when like, um, he sees the oracle, and and then she's like, "You're gonna have to make a choice." between yeah saving or was it between I can't remember. between like morpheus and his yeah. life yeah. yeah so again another concept of like choosing that idea of like you're in control of your fate maybe yeah, yeah. 
I definitely think I'm in the stage of when Neo has like started to grasp the concept of what he can do in the Matrix, but hasn't quite had that like epic moment when he can just do anything mm-hmm. um, like yeah. with myself. And like I often feel it's like I I know it, <laughs> and yeah. I I kind of believe it, but it's just not enough, you know. Um, yeah. I've got, yeah, no, I just got to hit Morpheus. <laughs> you, you, need to talk, you need to talk to Morpheus because he has another line as well where he says there's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path. Yeah. Uh, and that was another Shit. one. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but to, to be real, like, in, in, in this kind of field, um, I think that's what's, what's, what is missing when you like work for yourself. You miss that mentor, that manager, that, that like, I mean, supervisor kind of figure where one of the biggest recommendations that's... I have from people is find a mentor. I'm just yeah. struggling to find the right mentor. <laughs> no yeah. one tells you yeah. what that means. It's like this weird concept. Like find a mentor. I'm like how? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but everyone has one. Like and all, all, all heroes have a have a mentor. Exactly. Whether they yeah, die you have or that. Yeah. That had I, that idea of like the hero's journey. You always have the the guy, the person who's sort of been there or knows yeah. more than the protagonist does and is yeah. helping them become more than they are what they're prophesized to be. They've got the knowledge and you've got the power in it. And... Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think <laughs> The Matrix is less of like an entertaining film and more of a uh, like a self-development. <laughs> yeah, it, could, it can be seen like that actually. You can put that on like a, a workshop and just like yeah. be taking notes. But what yeah. I, I felt what they did really well is they because there's a lot of exposition in in the film because you have to explain you know you know what are the the rules the matrix what is the matrix like who is neo like who is the oracle all these things you have to explain but they do a good job of kind of conveying that information in a interesting way and through action as well because it is also even like at the time is a really good action uh film and it was kind of classed as Sort of the thinking man's action film because it was the there were these like like deep concepts in there, but like the special effects were amazing and the the action the the fight scenes everyone you know actually trained like um, to put together those fight scenes and everything so it had both of those uh, elements to it and even like someone mentioned earlier the sort of the the cultural phenomenon there was where you had things like the phone. So I know the phone now today looks bricky and dated, but I can guarantee you, like I know at that time, everyone wanted that Motorola phone. Like (laughs) everyone wanted that. Everyone wanted whatever glasses that Morpheus was like pinning to the bridge of his nose. (laughs) 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 So, and, there was a lot you kind of you almost overlook it because it's so in in the culture where a lot of things that were that we're saying like now even the idea of like the matrix even though it's, it was a phrase that obviously was used before then in different texts and and uh, things like that but in terms of like mainstream in it like saying the matrix the idea of the red or, or blue pill like everyone knows what that means like even so like gina maybe even if you hadn't seen the film, you might have known some of the, like the concepts of the red and blue pill and what that means in terms. Oh of, yeah, like yeah. it's hard to not know at least the red and blue pill. Like even if you've never seen it, you know that. 
exactly it's just those things like it say or even the idea of bullet time where i remember playing the the max Payne uh video game for anyone who's played that and that was a whole game built on bullet time where you could literally you had the power of your character was to slow down time so you can do those cool like jump shots um like in the matrix so there's so much from this film like as well as being a um a great film was that it was able to shape culture like going forward definitely it's like what um king said earlier about being in the playground and like you know, doing a matrix. Yeah. Um, I think we've all been there. Yeah, <laughs> but I may have tried that a few times. Yeah, it's something that's still there. Um, even down to like the um, like the big long jackets, black jackets they wear. Yeah. You know, you'd be like, oh look, someone's wearing a neo coat. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not just a long black leather jacket. It's it's neo coat. It's neo's coat. I put a trademark. Well, on that it. um, that game I mentioned before, that Dang and Romper series, um, they've got a similar concept in one of them, and it's the program there is called the Neo World program, and I had no idea that was a Matrix reference until I watched it last night, and I was like, oh, that's oh, where okay. it comes from. <laughs> yeah, you kind of see how like deep in it is yeah. in the culture. Yeah, I think it's so deeply integrated now that we yeah. there's just things we don't even recognize. Yeah. Like the, the that red blue pill has become like a meme, and um, yeah. yeah, yeah, and I'm sure like people haven't. I, mean, I don't know actually in it, but yeah, it's just become a meme. Those are memes that come from it, really. Well, Nigel, so, when you des- when you did the um, the the new podcast logo, is it intentionally supposed to be like the red and blue pill? Oh wow, I didn't even. Oh, because <laughs> <No, laughs> we had what? multiple <laughs> colours, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. And, I just sent them over and that was the, I feel like I, I messaged back to say that those colours were like the ones, whatever we do, they're the yeah, colours. Yeah, because they're really and, good colours. Yeah. I was like, is this intentional? Like, did you notice you were no. doing that? Or... Maybe you should use that going forward. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's so, like so deep it. in there, didn't even notice it was coming out in uh, a logo. <laughs> Man, okay. Um... So yeah, uh, like I was saying, one of the, the things that I found is how, so when it was being made uh, and, and written, how many of the references were based on sort of uh, philosophical uh, themes and, uh, and concepts. So I've kind of got a few things that I wanted to just drop in there and see if it like makes anyone uh, think deeply about their existence. I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, one of the things I've, I found it was... Uh, uh, talking about is this idea from uh, Plato's Republic which is a um, sort of a writing on the human condition so you kind of have this idea of uh, actually I'm just gonna kind of take from the notes I've got here but you've got like Plato has us imagine the human condition as being like a group of prisoners who have lived their lives underground and shackled so the experience of reality is limited to the shadows projected on their cave wall uh, and then you've got the idea of the the freed prisoner would be startled to discover the truth about reality and blinded by the brilliance of the sun so should he return below his companions would have no means to understand what he's experienced and surely think him mad leaving the capacity the cap- the captivity of his ignorance is difficult and that kind of encapsulates 
I guess, what is the matrix? Because you have that idea of everyone is seeing this simulated reality and they're taking that for for reality, for yeah. their lives. So you have that freed prisoner, in this case, Neo, who's stepped out of it or been pulled out of it. Yeah. And there's this moment where he first wakes up when he gets sucked out of that pod where he asks Morpheus, like, why do my eyes hurt? And Morpheus is like, you, because you've never used them. And like he's been underground this whole time. He's never actually looked at the real world. Yeah. Uh, and I just, that was one of those moments that just made me stop and, and think about, um, again, that's why I asked at the top, like, are we in the matrix? Are we all seeing this simulated reality? And we have no idea what is actually out there. You know, to be fair, yeah, Morpheus kind of took the piss. I think like um, he should have showed Neo a picture of what it was going to be like on the other side. Just so he had more of an idea. Well, just he kind of, yeah, he kind of threw him into the deep end and next thing he knows that he's dazed in a pod, he's naked, he ain't got no hair, he's got tubes coming out of his back. <laughs> he didn't really he didn't really explain that's what it was going to be like. And I think like... Good that, point. I would have liked to have known that because I would have mm. been like, bro, this is where you're telling me to go and now I, like, I'd rather just stay where I was, mate. Really? You I <laughs> just... that? Yeah, as soon as you but get then... in there, he's, 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 he's in a flipping... He's in a... All of it, obviously, like I don't an know. Incubator thing. It's an incubator. What, what his mom, his family, his friends, everyone he's left behind, the girl with a rabbit tattoo. Like, it's just. He's even so, bringing a suitcase with him, innit? So I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so I had the same thought, like, oh my God, he like didn't know. But then I think that's part of the journey. Um, He made the choice. So if, he, if you had any doubt in your mind, yeah. then, you know. You should like you should not have taken the red pill in the first yeah. place. Like that was it's the, the way idea. He like, do you want to know the truth? It's not. Do you want to be comfortable? It's do you yeah. want to know the truth? And, and he, did, you can't... he did say that. All I'm offering is the truth. Yeah, and you can't say. Well, it depends if I like it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I, I get. I get that. But it's the way he kind of rolled up with his fancy leather jacket on and stuff. Like that. That wasn't what it's like <laughs> when we actually get here, bro. Like these people are trying to kill us all the time. <laughs> he wasn't clear about that. Yeah, I just think there's a couple of things. He did suggest it though. I mean, he. Um, but don't forget as well. At this point, uh, Neo had been um, oh, captured and tortured, didn't it? Yeah, captured yeah. by the agents and had his mouth whatevered mm. and <laughs> Whatever. a bug inserted in him that he didn't realize was real. Woke up yeah. and it turns out it was real. So he's yeah. been through a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like, you kind of, it's like, well, if this is the light of it, this is without knowing the truth, then mm. it's going to be something that's pretty, you know, messed yeah. up. <laughs> mm. And I think Neo's so desperate to, to to know something else from what he's currently in. Yeah, and his, he, his character really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and he does adapt to it very quickly. Yeah. Like, Freak it doesn't quick, to be fair. Mm. Yeah. He didn't, like, plummet <laughs> yeah. into insanity. He was mm. kind of a bit shocked. And taken aback. He's like, all right. Oh, he did. He did throw up. There's that too. But that was really normal. <laughs> he didn't have like anything that was what they wouldn't expect. If that was me, I think I'd do more than just throw up. I'd be like, put me back. Like, take me back. But yeah. it's a good point. It's a good point you made because you had the the character Cipher who is like that representation of oh if i had known what it was maybe i prefer the matrix and yeah. i like that you had because everyone around like morpheus morpheus is, is 
basically just like a fanatic uh, in a sense and everyone around him kind of believes and you've mm. got cypher who's like the the other end of that argument whereas maybe initially is like yeah give me the red pill but mm. i haven't seen it. and he even says you know if if he had if he had known he might have just taken the blue pill so he's that and i feel most people are like that yeah. where ignorance is bliss and maybe it's just fair enough to stay in the matrix and live out that existence mm. i definitely feel i feel like that in my real life um i don't know i i feel like neo in some ways sometimes when i was like leaving school um and everyone's like go to university and i knew i knew from like being like 15 that i never wanted to go to university um and then the only option was like, you can work in retail then. That's literally the only thing that exists. And you're like, really? <laughs> Surely there's more out there? And, you know, as soon as I left school, I was like, there's got to be more to life than everything that I've been told. And luckily my mum's like fairly entrepreneur. Yeah, my mum's entrepreneur as well. Um, but she was going through similar uh, changes at the same time. So she'd done some stuff on her own already, but really a big jump and the difference um but anyway so here's me just leaving school and I really was like Neo. I was like looking for something different I didn't know what it was I, I didn't know what that truth was I just knew that there was more and I was missing something yeah. and then like an opportunity gave, came to me um and like basically opened me up to financial education and entrepreneurship and I mean my mum like listens to lots of podcasts she's um like she's been doing property from since I was young really young um so she's always listening to um property podcasts and uh entrepreneurial podcasts and things like that and so they'd always been subconsciously going into my mind so that's probably why I was searching for something um <laughs> But then something really spoke to me, an opportunity, and really spoke to young people. And then from there, I was like, oh, my God, everyone needs to know about this. But approaching people, they're like, no, what, like so scared and timid and they just want to stay in what they know. Um, you got to yeah. approach people when they're like, that's the thing where you got to you got to find people when they're ready to hear, have that yeah. conversation. And I just didn't understand because I'd never sort of fit in and never felt like this was right I guess yeah. like in school I always was a bit of a misfit it was like I thought everyone else was crazy that yeah. <laughs> they didn't want it but grow like growing up and like re I guess re-watching the matrix as well really just makes you understand like that not everyone wants the the red pill and not everyone mm -hmm. needs to take the red pill you know that's yeah. true there are only so many red pills yeah there's a finite amount Mm. Pills, um, yeah. But also, what would have happened if he hadn't taken any pills? I don't. I don't. Well, I, I just think, like I don't think he had a choice. <laughs> I honestly don't think he had a choice. Or well, I think that like maybe like Morpheus said that one pill was the red pill, and really the red pill was the blue pill. So no matter what he was going to do, he was going to like. <laughs> it's going to get. I don't yeah. think he had it because Neo Morpheus was convinced that this guy's the one. So he's like, bro, you're coming with us either way. I'm just yeah. going to come the easy way or the hard way, in it. And and lucky yeah. enough, he kind of kind of agree to it. I don't see Morpheus leaving without him. Yeah, because um, yeah, he was totally convinced. Mm. Yeah. And, yeah. And I think Neo also, like deep down, the way they portrayed his character up to that point, he was looking they were looking for each other. Yeah. yeah. So it was a match. But um like so having watched it or 
uh, rewatched it or watched it for the first time, do you guys have any like favorite moments, like things that just stood out? Because there was a lot, especially in terms of like action and special effects that kind of stood out. But in terms of like like moments or characters that you liked. Oh, the younger brother. Yeah, I really liked what him. Um, Wait, the young brother. Was it Tank? The, out of oh, the two brothers that grew up Tank outside of the Matrix, that were born outside of yeah. the Matrix. Yeah. yeah. So Tank was the younger brother, yeah. and Dozer was the bigger brother. Oh, yeah. yeah like, like their relationship? Uh, just Tank as a character. Okay. Like, okay. He was so, um, such an optimistic character. Mm. And just such, like, happy go lucky in this world that <laughs> is like what but I'm one but as well I feel like there's a reason for that he was not he didn't was it never in the matrix he doesn't go in the matrix <laughs> yeah he's, that's only, true, actually, he's yeah. never been into the matrix, so in the matrix everything that he knows is is the the real world the reality yeah. um and the way he describes the the city the last human city it's like it's just an amazing place um yeah. And so everyone that was born into the Matrix thinks, oh, my God, this world is blah. But he's like, actually, it's pretty solid. Mm. <laughs> you know, it'd obviously be nice to live above ground and, you know, not with finite resources and not having to yeah. hide from machines. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, that's true. Minor details. <laughs> but it's all he knows anyway. So yeah. it's like okay. the opposite to everyone that's stuck in the Matrix. Yeah, I get that. What about you, King? Do you have any like favourite moments? That kid that that was eating porridge. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah. Oh, I like that yeah. Kid. I've forgotten his name. Mouse, I think. Was oh, it? the one that's always offering someone the, the lady in the red yeah. dress. Red dress. Yeah. yeah, I like that guy. It's, just, it's yeah, so mouse. simple. Like, it's just, he just makes porridge and, and does like cool computer simulations. I like that guy. <laughs> okay. I think he keeps the... it real as well. Yeah, and like... he's very proud of his work as well, man. you got you got to admire that. Yeah. He did take a lot of pride in his work. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel, yeah, it was sad to see him him go. But yeah. uh, I feel like the for me, like comparing sort of then and now, the one thing that was con- uh, consistent was the lobby scene, which I just I loved at the time, so... and I love now. Oh yeah, I, that's sick. Yeah, and I think just obviously like the the action of it uh and the i guess the choreography uh, mm. of it and just the, the coolness of it but also it's like the moment in the film in neo's journey where he goes from sort of unsure to like no i'm going back in yeah getting morpheus just yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. him as a character sort of stepping into that belief mm. and believing he can be the one to get morpheus out from um from these agents mm. so i liked it for like initially i just liked it because it's just a cool uh, scene, but I liked it for like two different reasons uh, this time yeah. around. I also like the scene where they're hiding in the wall and the Morpheus just starts screaming and then he jumps oh, yeah. the wall and starts and fighting. He sacrifices himself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I loved I loved that scene. He's like, ah! I never understood like why he had to scream before he jumped out. Yeah. Uh, but I guess it just he just hyped himself up so much, like screaming <laughs> and he's gone. It is. Yeah. Um, one of the other things I was thinking about actually is this idea of of the simulated reality, and I think I came across another uh, bit of writing that uh, talked about sort of reality that or 
a reality that seems so realistic that they're mistaken for reality itself. So mm-hmm. it's almost like mistaking the the portrait for the person. And as I saw that, it just hit me that that is social media where people, and I guess like Tazzy, as you're saying, like there's different types of matrix matrixes, matrixes. Um, and this is kind of matrix. <laughs> um, uh, and this is this is one where you have this this world in social media where people are constructing their own reality that to look on it you think is real and it it impacts on you in a real way but it's not real and i just yeah thought that was another good like tie into the the film and how it's very relevant and that was one of the things that that hit me that it's very relevant for today even more so with the concept of social media or even like the concept of AI and the idea of like AI evolving to a point where it feels it only needs humans to to harvest, to exist yeah. and no other reason. I feel like, again, we're kind of stepping into that yeah, in different ways. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm scared of the self-service machines. Um, oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where it begins, though. That's yeah, where I, ref- it begins. I refuse to use them. Yeah. You know what? I think we should all refuse yeah, to use the self-service because that's that's yeah, how that's how they, they they rise up and then now they've got that thing where you can um you can just pay with your face but also they're on us also this is my concept of it because i hear a lot of people that are like oh my god the machines are going to rise against us yeah. um but even in the matrix they mention this it's because we're just as a whole more bad than good <laughs> That is true. That, that so is wrong. That is true. But if, these are machines that we as a if as a global concept we get better, and then we have AI, then we won't have that problem. We live in uh, harmony with the AI because they uh, won't be thinking, "Oh my God, you are literally the." We need to cull you. I think the machines <laughs> are going to do it. You're destroying this earth. It's the same concept of like um, the animated like Godzilla. You sound like a bit of an agent right now, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Humans need to go. (laughs) I just just like the idea of everything and everyone living in harmony rather than it being an us and them always. They're they're machines. But they're still a them. They're AI, which means they're sentient. They've become sentient. Bloody got you. So they're now an us. But that's the idea. That's the idea of AI. And the concept that I think when uh, AI is like, portrayed in such a uh, negative light that what if AI happens and it's not bad <laughs> and they're actually like okay. better than us rather than the worst version of a worst version of us if that makes sense that's cool yeah. that's and it's like the idea of um, yeah like the animated Godzilla on Netflix um, Godzilla uh evolved from whatever and then but it was actually it's actually like a way of and then the earth prefers godzilla over the humans because godzilla creates a a new environment that allows life to breathe and isn't destroying the earth (laughs) they need to make that film where maybe ai can live in harmony because when they portray it in films it's never it doesn't end well it doesn't end well so so i feel like (laughs) we are kind of filled with that idea to fear the coming AI apocalypse in, in some form. 
<laughs> we're we're made to fear alien, like any new intelligence, aliens, yeah, alien. <laughs> yeah. AI, anything. True. Hmm. Maybe they can, yeah, deal with that in a future film because the so obviously, like I said, the one of the reasons we're doing this is so uh, Gina would have to watch The Matrix because <laughs> that just had to be corrected. But the other reason is because uh, there was the announcement of a fourth Matrix film, which okay. is, I think, yeah, set to start filming early next year, and it has one of the Wachowski sisters on board with Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss. So with that in mind, are you, I don't know, we haven't talked about the other two Matrix films in the trilogy, but are you excited to see another Matrix film and what would you expect? No, I wasn't excited. I haven't watched the, I've watched one of the other two, but I wasn't excited for the Matrix trilogy. Or the sequel when they came out. Okay, what about a fourth film? No, not really. Not no. at all. No. Interesting. How about? I don't uh, know why I, I wasn't interested in the in the sequel as well. I really liked the original, but something I don't know what it was. Yeah, I think the sequels they get they sort of get criticised because it were it got very philosophical. Philosophers, I can never say that word. <laughs> yeah. Philosophical. You know what I mean. We're gonna we're gonna edit that out. Um. But yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, yeah, we'll get, <laughs> we'll get an AI machine to fill in that gap for me. <laughs> um, so yeah, just a lots of exposition and and talking, and maybe it didn't get that balance quite right. So I think, yeah, I don't know. Is everyone else excited or not so excited for uh, um, fourth Matrix film? So I haven't watched the next two in the trilogy um but i have them because my mom was like is there a next one i was like yeah there's two more um and i was like okay i'll get them because they're only like 50p (laughs) (laughs) Um, she's like yeah get them and we'll watch them um i'm not that keen on watching those two because i mean i've just heard that they're not great um but i'll watch them for the i like finishing stories um but yeah i would say they're not as good as the original Mm. But I will say I am very excited for a fourth Matrix film, not because of storyline at all. My one reason why I'm super excited for it is because I just want to see like the effect of it. I want to see like what they do now making the Matrix. It's it's the ultimate, like what would Matrix look like if it was made now? Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Like today's standard of special effects. Uh, I think I'd, I'd definitely enjoy seeing that I, I think when i heard about them making a fourth matrix i wasn't so excited until i rewatched the original and i feel just because of the themes are just as if not more relevant today than they were 20 years ago i would be interested to see what they do on that basis in terms of like talking about the world as it is today the, the matrix as it is today in another film so i'd be interested to see that whenever it, it comes out yeah and uh, have you heard anything about the matrix i don't know is it gonna is like the the matrix inside the matrix gonna be um like a sort of back backwards historical <laughs> rather than mean? current oh okay i've actually so to be fair, i've heard nothing the, the matrix inside the matrix it's set in 1999 
um, or whatever. So will the inside of the Matrix now be set in the 2000s? Oh, I see what you mean. Like our current era, not 2000s, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I (laughs) I think they might have to, because I I guess at the time, because it was coming out in 1999, and that was sort of the peak of civilization and where the point you know everything was great just before that y2k yeah. thing hysteria yeah. here so maybe they <laughs> might update it for you know where we are today i don't know but I, that would be an interesting choice like it could be very wise. black mirror yeah yeah actually it could be like that i, th- I mm. you know what as the more i think about it the more i am interested to see this film this fourth matrix film and see how they update it like for today's standards maybe get better phones then you guys <laughs> will be will be happy with that <laughs> Just as long as one chord. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I guess you can't get out of the matrix on a wireless signal, can you? Mm. (laughs) You'd probably have trouble finding a good connection, wouldn't you? Yeah. There's all sorts of problems that will come out. (laughs) But um, yeah, so we're gonna uh, actually we're gonna talk a bit about like some storytelling uh, advice within the matrix. But if you have any feedback, like what did you think on the matrix? When did you see the matrix? And do your views on the matrix uh, differ from like then now? Or would you also take the blue pill? Let us know, feedback at mymatter.com. So yeah, we're gonna talk about storytelling right now and give a, yeah, give a tip about creating your own stories using the matrix as context. So as I was looking at, well, as I was watching the film, preparing these notes and just reading different bits around storytelling, uh, it kind of, yeah, dawned on me how, guess how well made this film is and how they even reference it in different ways using Alice in Wonderland um, and I think the Wizard of Oz, someone makes a reference to it in uh, before Neo gets in or out of the Matrix. But this idea of like story world and how well the Matrix deals with that. So within like this, and there's two parts to it. So you have this idea of the story world connecting with characters. And in this case, Neo being the protagonist. So everything around him fits like everything in the world fits his character and where his character starts off and needs to get so he starts off as feeling trapped in this job in and even like his workplace is this you know cubicle sort of stereotypical boring office and he gets called into like talk get a dressing down from his boss which i'm sure i've definitely been in that uh in that position so he's a character who like fits the idea of someone who wants to find something else and then he meets Morpheus and then he's transported into a different world so you have these you now have two worlds and when you're creating your story and you've got I guess more than one story world what you need to be aware of is having to clarify the rules of the story world and I feel Matrix does this really well like I said before they do a good job of exposition through action so for example you have the matrix when neo well actually the real world when neo comes into the real world uh they immediately go into training and through that process you've got morpheus explaining the the rules to neo but then also to the audience um 
yeah so you've got that idea of like him learning like what he can and can't do what's possible but also things like um morpheus mentions that if you die in the matrix you die in the real world and he sort of puts that down initially so those bits of information that you'll need um then the other thing for like getting that transition between story worlds is there's always some kind of passageway um and how you take your audience from one world to the other so in the the matrix you got that do you remember the, the scene with the mirror where he's taking the pill and they're gonna sort of like get him over to the other side mm-hmm. and he touches that mirror yeah um yeah. yeah and then that's how you kind of transition from one world to the other so you have your story world you have your second story world if you've got it and also think about how you're gonna pull the character and the audience from one world to uh, the next. So how so, long did it take for the pill to kick in? I don't know. It was, seemed quite instant when they it did it. It was some time, wasn't it, though? I can't remember how much time, like, in the actual film. It felt... It was, like, a few quite... minutes in the film, but I think in... I don't know. They did mention how long it roughly takes to kick in. Did they mention it? Mm, I think okay. so. Or was that? No, I, I don't know. I can't remember. Can't remember. I don't think it was ever like established, but maybe mm. I'm gonna have to watch it again. Can I just add something to that as well in terms of their storytelling? Um, yeah, they sure. didn't just suddenly um, put him in this world or back into the real world because real uh, yeah. there was loads of subtle, not so subtle actually, uh, things leading to understanding that there's two different worlds. So obviously you've got the uh, beginning scene when um, the girl, I forgot her name. Trinity. <laughs> um, Trinity yeah. uh, suddenly, you know, overpowers the, the police and that. Um, and oh, then at the very you, beginning. At the very beginning. Um, and then you have obviously following the white rabbit. So then it's like, oh, by the way, you know, you're already connecting different themes from different stories. Um, But then they also have the agents make his mouth go funny and the bug in his stomach. So these these abnormalities are being added already so that when he does the mirror thing, it's not like Mm. sudden. Yeah, And actually, what's really good about that first scene is it makes you ask a lot of questions, but it doesn't necessarily tell you well, it does tell you everything, but because you don't have the context at the beginning, it gets you intrigued and it makes you kind of hungry for answers, kind of like Neo. So when you see Trinity, you you see her basically just take out like a bunch of policemen. She's like jumping in the air, like suspending uh, gravity, it seems. Um, she goes to the phone box and she disappears into the line. They're talking about, because it's a conversation, starts off with a conversation between her and Cypher, and they're talking about Neo, and they're talking about, um, I guess, his his potential. Um, and then you see the agents also. So when the agents are chasing Trinity, Trinity's got some superpowers, but then these FBI-looking agents also have some superpowers. So at that point, you're just like, what is this? I'm, I'm in- interested, but what is this? So by the time Morpheus comes in and explains everything, it's not, it's not boring. It's not like an information dump. It's like, 
oh, actually, I wanted these answers because you just caught me so well at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and so, you're always sort yeah. of relating to Neo. Um, like the yeah. bit where he wakes up and he's kind of like, was that a dream or was that real? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, and I think just I'll like end with some uh, tips in terms of putting together your story world and linking it to your characters. So you've... Um, you've got to think about sort of defining your characters and what they represent. So the idea of Neo being a, like a hacker and not a used car salesman, there's a reason why he's that kind of character because it fits in with the story world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then building the, the story world around the characters. So like I said, he's in this sort of dead-end job. He feels like there's nowhere to go there. He's looking for a way out. And that is provided when this other character, Morpheus, uh, comes in. So this actually made me think about the next Maya Matter story. It's not our lunch, but um, 11th Hour and how to, I guess, build the world around the character. So for 11th Hour, there's going to be a concept of like systems and time. So I've been thinking about how to use like clocks or the, the idea of sort of timepieces in in that story and with those characters. So really think about how your story world relates to the characters and serves the story. Uh, And then I mentioned the transition between worlds. So think about how you kind of go from one world to the other and how to make that uh, interesting. But then super important is to like clearly explain the rules of, of the worlds. So you have that it's sometimes done like a training so in this case um they're training neo so in that way you get to learn about like everything that happens in this world and what works what doesn't uh, so yeah just a few tips there uh, for our storytelling segment but yeah let us know if you've got a story you're working on that has different subworlds. How have you done it in your stories? What have you learned from films like The Matrix? Uh, let us know. Feedback at myamada.com. So we're moving on to our guest segment now. Um, we're going to learn a bit more about Jay King and what he does. So Jay King, you create some amazing artwork. Do you want to tell our guests a bit more about that? Um, what do I do? I do quite a bit. But um, at the moment... I'm working on a series of portraits, which is um, from a concept I've been developing called Reeducated, where I basically do a painting of someone that inspired me in a way. And um, like surrounding their face, I put equations and diagrams and um, graphs, but it all, all like the symbols relate to something that person has said. So like the first bunch of portraits were of musicians so it was like their lyrics but turned into like symbols and diagrams and stuff and it's all been like all on like a black and white style portrait um black and white style chalkboard um canvas yeah that's kind of what I'd, i'm working on at the moment and what i do awesome um and where can people find you on the socials instagram twitter all over the gaff, um, at J King the Artist, the letter J, the word King, the Artist. Great, we will have links in our show notes. 
Um, next up, we have some questions from our listeners. Um, so the first one is from Nabilim on Instagram. Why is it such a cult classic? Because of the Matrix moment. People the Matrix can... moment. Matrix, the bullet timing. Oh, that one bit the... where he just the first one where he just like flips back and you're like, whoa. Yeah, he dodges the bullets. And I think like there's so many um films and shows and cartoons and games that following that took a lot from it. Um like Max Payne, for example. Yep. Great and game. all of those and loads of other games had that bullet time and slow motion. I think that was like a really important part of it. And also the story of the artificial intelligence taking over is a story that you can is a story that you can always retell. But I think they did it in in a really clever um and it's a really different way. Yeah. I think that like for me why it's such a cult classic is that um I guess different reasons. So you have the idea of you always want your film or your story to be about something and the matrix is about something very deep that sort of stays with you after you've watched it and i think the themes in it like i say are like really relevant they were relevant then they're relevant now so i think that really helps if like a story stick with you and stay in in the culture um when especially when it's a commentary on on the culture mm. uh, and I, I just think like the production as well like the like we've talked about some of the the production in terms of, like wardrobe in terms of the um the technology that was used the phones the uh the cars that were in there the idea of uh what was the oh you mentioned the um the bullet time like how will just everything about the film just filtered into the culture and stayed with it and just made it like last mm. I think because it's cool. Like <laughs> that's basically what I'm trying to say. <laughs> you can watch it at any point, and it, it's still cool. Like it's, I mean, it's not aged perfectly, but it's aged pretty well. Um, and like you said, the themes are still relevant, and uh, I think they'll always be relevant. There'll always be some form of the Matrix or something we can, you know, relate it to. Um, and because it was, it was pretty well done. It had, it had sort of loads of different things in it that are cool it has a cool storyline it has uh complex themes as well as you just see someone shoot stuff (laughs) (laughs) always Um, good and loads of different like yeah and it's like literally everywhere like you know the fact that max Payne is a game that's completely built around something that was originally from the matrix like you can literally use it in any concept and make it work pretty much yeah. yeah, and I think everyone likes the idea that um, there's another reality out there somewhere, um, whether that is I think plugged that's into scary. something. I don't or, like it. That's terrifying. There's, <laughs> there's a choice that we can make, you know? Um, the, like Maybe not that we're directly plugged into something, but like I was saying earlier about like entrepreneurship or just that, that your life as it is isn't necessarily what it's going to be tomorrow. Um, yeah, I get that. So I think it just really sticks with people, you know. <laughs> so the next question is from Kawhi Prince MH on Instagram. Do you think 
Keanu Reeves portrays Neo well? And if yes, do you think any other film star could be better? King, you were saying something about this before we started recording. <laughs> I feel like you've got something. What did I say before we started recording? Uh, I think it was something along the lines of Keanu Reeves is not a good actor. I don't want to put words in your mouth or anything. But, you, know. oh, you, you want me to give yeah, yeah. Record, yeah. Say All right. <laughs> John official. Reeves is a terrible actor in The Matrix. He he's very stiff and he trails off and he just kind of just, you know, yeah. I think he's just a really poor actor in The Matrix. So, uh, so do you know what's interesting about that? So I don't know if you guys know, but uh, Will Smith turned down this role to do Wild Wild West. That was a terrible. So, Terrible, terrible decision. Yeah, I guess, yeah, looking back, it was a, a terrible, terrible, terrible decision. But that, it kind of made me think. And I feel that, so Keanu Reeves does have this, like, he's a wooden actor. He's not, he's not a great actor. He doesn't have amazing range or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I feel in a way he would be better. He's better in his role than someone like uh, Will Smith would be. I, feel, I have to agree. Will Smith is almost too big a personality for this because if you think of like Neo as a character, what about more when Independence Day? But even well to the point because he's such a big character, and I feel like like Keanu Reeves, his the way he is fits the, this character of this this guy who's mm-hmm. like kind of naive in a way he doesn't know about this other world. He's a bit lost, and and his his mannerisms and things kind of fit to that character. So I feel like he he's the right character for this particular role. I'm not sure I can. Maybe it's just a case of because I know he's in it and I've seen it and I like the film, but I just I can't imagine like an, another person in that role because well, I think and, Neo's character was quite I don't know dreary, and I suppose Keanu Reeves' acting sort of fits that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> we're kind of giving like backhanded compliments to Keanu yeah. Reeves. But, <laughs> <laughs> But... I'm just going to start with saying I think Keanu Reeves is a great person um, <laughs> from what I know about him and the fact um, but yeah I, I completely agree with Nigel on this I think his the character of Neo completely fits Keanu Reeves perfectly like he's a, someone that doesn't have many friends is somewhat socially awkward anyway he spends most of his time on the computer, hacking. Um, he doesn't like his job. He's just a dull person. Yeah. In terms of, he doesn't get, he doesn't do much. He has a very, his one focus is just finding Morpheus. That's well, how about he's... Will and I Am Legend? I'm really going for it for Will here. You were just saying I don't think Will Smith can act without adding flair to the character. And that is definitely <laughs> a good thing. Um, and I don't think it would work. with. I will give you some hope, though, because I think in this new Matrix film, what they could do is have Neo be some kind of mentor figure to a new the one, mm. which maybe could be Will Smith. I'm just offering that as <laughs> kind of pop TR. Yeah, maybe like hold on to that. Okay. 
He's going to catch him as the Fresh Prince and turn him into the one. Amazing. <laughs> um, so the next question is from Linny381 on Instagram. Um, who's your favourite character and why? We've kind of answered this. Has everyone yeah, answered I didn't give an I didn't give an answer, so... Mm. Ooh. You know what? I don't know. <laughs> Great answer there. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 the honest honest answer. No, wait, let me I'm gonna mentally run through all the characters. All right, you know what? I so I I really like uh, Trinity in this, but I'm gonna give another shout out for Cypher. Even though he is he does a terrible thing, I I like his character and I like that character being in the film to provide like a balance to the argument of like this discussion around freedom and is ignorance sort of bliss should you take the blue pill rather than the red one and I feel his presence in the film like helped make it a better film so I'm gonna go with sci-fi okay. yeah. I like more maybe controversial well, actually um, I'm a... I thought he was like a good dad figure which was I like seeing that sort of stuff <laughs> yeah I just find <laughs> like Lawrence Fishburne does actually now play a dad on uh, blackish, so he kind of found it, found his role. <laughs> He's got that like dad role going for yeah, him. <laughs> I'm, I'm as a secondary favorite character to my earlier favorite character, um, the agent. Is it, is it Agent Smith, the one that yeah. interrogates? Yeah, because I kind of feel you sorry for with him. him. Yeah, and <laughs> I like. Um, I you're feel like that there is a chance, you know, I mean, I haven't seen the other two films, so, but hypothetically, if this was its own film and there was a next film that hadn't been done yet, that, um, like, it could side with the humans and because they want the same thing, ultimately, just been bred to hate humans. He just, that's all he knows. <laughs> mm. Mm. He's got sympathy for Agent Smith. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's got sympathy for. She's got sympathy for, for, for agents. Yeah, I've got sympathy for like for artificial intelligence, all beings, anything <laughs> that exists. I'm um, someone that likes to look at it from, you know, maybe their point of view once in a while. Mm. Okay. So love from me most of the time. Unless you're really annoying me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think that's all our questions. Uh, just a reminder that if you do want to send in um, any questions or any feedback, you can get contact us at feedback at myamada.com or on social media, at myamada on Twitter, at myamadatees on Instagram or at Tazzy on both. Cool. So I guess all that's left is to thank our guest for joining us today. Cool. Thanks, Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, it's been a... It's been a good discussion. Like, and I'll be interested to see like what people think about uh, the Matrix and are we in the Matrix? The answer is yes. So, um, but yeah. So we've come to the the end of the show. Uh, the podcast, uh, as you hopefully know, is released first on Patreon, then twenty four hours later on SoundCloud, now Spotify, and maybe iTunes. We're not sure how that how we submitted it. So at some point, it's going to be on the apple podcast uh directory uh, so yeah you can support us on patreon if you want to get episodes early 
and we promise at some point we will be bringing opportunities for patreon backers to help develop the show so you can also check out our stories um, we are storytellers i write stories at mymatter.com forward slash manga we have our next story hot lunch coming out soon this month no next month and we also are working on the follow-up or the story that's going to follow on from that 11th hour so you can check all that at myamada.com forward slash manga and again stay tuned for tickets to our live story x story recording and hot lunch signing event at orbital comics on saturday december the 7th we'll be with special guests lao and lara lee and we'll be also announcing a way that you yes you person listening can be on the show with us assuming you're available that day and also near london and other terms and conditions <laughs> but yes you can be on the show with us so our next episode is going to be about egx we're going to be recapping the biggest video game show in london i think the uk and discussing the latest video game stories with a round table of guests including rapper and fellow manga creator shadow video game presenter shay thompson and twitch streamer roy roy wow rose <laughs> how i messed up all that word but i'm just going to leave that there so yeah that's going to be um coming soon so stay tuned for that our email address is feedback at mymatter.com you can check us out and feedback on anything we've discussed today Um, go to soundcloud.com forward slash story x story for past episodes too thank you for joining us bye Peace.